These women are brilliant. They can do it. Yeah. They just don't believe they can do it. Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Dr. David Clark in his words. I'm a Christian psychologist, author, speaker, podcaster, and YouTuber. I've written 16 books, including Enough is Enough, a step-by-step plan to leave an abusive relationship. My spouse wants out and I didn't want a divorce. Now what? My focus is helping individual spouses in marital crisis. You name the marital crisis and I have a book about it. I have an MA in Biblical Studies from Dallas Theological Seminary and a PhD in Clinical Psychology from Western Conservative Baptist Seminary. I've been in private practice for 35 years. I've been married to the blonde, Sandy, since 1982. We have four children and four grandkids, soon to be five. If you're in an abusive relationship, stop what you're doing, grab a pen and piece of paper, and join me for this conversation. I'm speaking with Dr. David Clark, who will shed lots of light on what's going on with an abusive relationship, along with what you can do to safely get out of it. Here we go. Okay, everybody, I am with Dr. David Clark today. We are talking about abusive relationships, and I know so many of you, unfortunately, are in them. So I brought in the expert to uh, to share with us pearls of wisdom about what's going on there and certainly what we can do about it. So hi, Dave. Welcome. Hey, Debbie. Great to be here. Thank you so much for, for joining us. So, you know, I, I was, and I was going through your book there, actually this, this book, I know you have a whole bunch of them, but this one, and there were two, two areas specifically that stood out with, I know members within the PBT Institute struggle with, but first tell me, why did you write this book? The 20 lies book? Yeah, the 20 lies. Well, what we found, Debbie, and this won't surprise you, I wrote a book called Enough is Enough, How to Leave an Abusive Relationship very specific def- definition of abuse and then exactly how to leave. But what we found and kind of anticipated this, women aren't able to leave yet. They've got so many wounds, so many traumas they've got to work through. They are not in any way ready. So I thought, and a lot of it's codependency. They've built their whole life around this dirt ball and, and, and they can't leave it. So uh, this is a pre-step, but it's like a prequel. And the lies that they believe, I just kind of, I'm a very upfront, direct guy. We're breaking down the lies. So it's a good step forward to starting to get emotionally healthy and say, you know what? I'm not living this way. I can build a new life. I'm leaving it. So it's like a one-two punch. Once you get 20 lies, when you should come first, then you read enough is enough, and then you leave it. Okay, beautiful. And let's back up a little bit. Let's start with abuse. What is abuse? Well, here's what it is. It is a, frankly, it's a pattern, a never ending pattern, not every now and then, or he's having a bad day. It is a never ending pattern of narcissistic, disrespectful and harmful behavior exhibited by one person in an intimate relationship. It's really, bottom line is it's one person slowly destroying another person. You know, and, and immediately. It's not going to stop. Yeah. And I, I picture that, you know, the, the frog in the, in the water and you turn up one degree at a time and, and the frog just doesn't even know what's happening. And then we all know what happens to that frog. So let's talk about really the, the most, uh, the most damaging, the most damaging of like something this abuser does that is so maybe it's subtle because they don't see it coming, but it's so damaging over time. Yeah. 
Let's take verbal abuse. That's what I really focus on in the book. There's all kinds of abuse, but this is never ending criticism. Talked to a couple ladies just yesterday. I do a lot of phone advice sessions, life coaching. And, uh, and it was, it's always the same thing. It just can't do anything right. Never good enough. Uh, your weight, your housekeeping, your mothering, uh, how you handle money. I mean, just a litany and it never ends. Mm-hmm. That destroys the person. It shreds your self-esteem. And if you, you can't win with a guy like this, if you take it, of course, you're wounded and it just gets worse and you're a doormat. He keeps wiping his feet on you. But if you have the nerve to bring it up, oh, then he'll just ramp it up. Mm-hmm. I was kidding or I was sarcastic or just shut you down. So it's just, a, it, you, just you pay for anything in terms of any disagreement. Mm-hmm. And of course, and then, along with that is your, your needs, don't, it's all about him. Your needs aren't even on his radar screen. Right. You exist to serve me. Yeah, yeah. So it starts out, but it doesn't start out that way. It starts Ooh. out with the charm and everything else just to get, just to hook, right? Hook us in. And then how does it, because in the beginning, we don't see this coming. Certainly we, you know, we don't, we wouldn't gravitate towards something like this, but then we're slowly hooked. Tell us what goes on with, let's say the couple who started out, seemed all nice. And then slowly this just starts happening. Yeah. Yeah, character is revealed over time and the intensity of a marriage relationship or a living together relationship uh, of intimacy. Oh, yeah. Then then you're really exposed for who you are. But, yeah, these guys are wonderful. Love bombing. They're, they're the best daters the world has ever known. They're awesome. I want to marry one of these guys. I mean, they're incredible. However, uh, yeah, now I've, it, it's like a, a light. Sometimes it's a light switch going off right walking down the aisle if you're married or soon after you move in. But typically, it's, it takes a little longer than that. What we found in our research is the birth of the first child is like a bomb going off because now I have to compete with the baby. If I'm the narcissist, the abuser, oh, that doesn't work for me. Can't make that adjustment. Or stress comes into the relationship and, and um, you know, the habits of the other person, which is normal, start to bother him. So it just starts to ramp up. Uh, and then it just never, once it starts, it ain't going to stop. Yeah. You may have a, if you have a second baby, it's even worse. Right, right. Sure. And then, so, so in that very beginning time, what is it that you typically see someone do the, let's say the, the, the spouse do that, that is like the kiss of death. Uh Oh, it's like the minute you don't speak up about this or you do this, you're really headed for more of the same. Yeah. You mean the, the spouse that's on the receiving? End? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, the kiss of death usually is I take it. If I start, if I take it the first time, I take it the second time. Okay. We've established a pattern now. Because what the woman's thinking is, well, he's, this isn't really my husband. He had a bad day, his childhood, all the kind of excuses. And the guy, the, the abuser might even say, I'm sorry. He doesn't mean it. And so it, you, I, this won't happen again. And if you listen, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a follower of Jesus. And so the church often gets this wrong. And she'll be told, well, you have to submit. You, you know, you, you just love him enough. He'll change. And so this is years and decades of putting up with it. But if you start to take the abuse without responding, yeah, then you're doomed. You're going to get more and more. And I see that so often where where we make excuses 
for the behavior. You know, let's say, oh, they came from, you know, a lot of trauma or they had a, they had a difficult past or their job is stressful. And we're making all these excuses, totally taking them off the hook for their behavior. And then so nothing happens. Oh, yeah. And I'm of the opinion, there's plenty of books written about the abuser and why he's like that. I say, who cares? If you're running me over with my, a truck every day, I don't care why you're doing it. I have no interest in that. That's going to be his problem to fix if he wants you back. This is what's happening. You worry about why you're taking it, why you're codependent, why you're dealing with this. Let's get you strong enough to get the heck away from him. I don't care why he's like that, whatever. Right. Let's talk about codependency because that is definitely a factor in all of this. What, what is codependency and, and how do we know if that's what we're doing and what do we do about it? Now, codependent. I'm going to read you a definition of codependency that I got right here in my excellent book on codependency. Don't you love referring to your own books for? <laughs> I'm telling you, I know. I want to make sure I don't miss anything. <laughs> here it is. I can find it. I can't find it. Well, the bottom line is, you're you're a pilot fish. You are devoting your whole life to someone else. You're giving up your identity. You're, who needs a definition? You're giving up your identity, who you are, what you think, what you feel in a fruitless attempt to change someone else. Wow, I love that one. And, and of course it doesn't work. It's incredibly destructive. You, 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 you lose yourself and guess what? It doesn't even work. The guy never changes. It actually feeds the abuse. So that's, that's codependency. I'm gonna give myself up for you. That isn't healthy, even if you've got a good guy, frankly. Right. But right. you don't have a good guy. Yeah. A dirt ball who's destroying you. So that doesn't work. And then what I also see is, you know, you may start out that way. And then at some point you get really resentful because you've given up yourself. And then all of a sudden you start, you know, having your, you, you want your, you're expressing your needs. And it's like, where'd this come from? We've never seen this before. And so it really is. I can see how uh, the other person didn't see this coming because it wasn't expressed. And then uh, it's a problem because, wait a second, what do you mean it's not all about me? Right. You're, you're changing the rules of the game here, baby. Yeah. Which is actually normal. I know in my marriage to Sandy, I've been married for 40 years now, uh, just a few days ago, 40 years. Wonderful uh, person. Happy initially, I was spoiled by my mother. It's really her fault. It's always the mom's fault. But I was spoiled and, I, and, I, and she came from a tougher home and she had to do a bunch of work. So the first year of our marriage, actually, I say the first three months because <laughs> she wouldn't take it. I expected her to do all that my mom had done for me. She said, Dave, this, this is not how I want to live. It's all about you. I said, you're right, because I'm a normal person. I was able to make the adjustment. These uh, narcissists don't make the adjustment. And, and that's a great distinction right there. Why was it, what was it in you that said, wait a second, she's calling me out on my stuff and she's right, where a narcissist either doesn't see, they're not willing or able to see, well, maybe there's some merit here. Yeah, there's a deeper level of dysfunction with these guys. See, I was spoiled as a boy, that's true, but I was still was a normal person and I love Sandy. I would do whatever it took to meet her needs. I just wasn't, I wasn't seeing it. These guys don't think that way. It is always you meeting my needs. And by the time you marry him or you're living with them, you're in a relationship. Oh, yeah, that's it's set in concrete. Yeah. They don't want to hear it. They can't even go there. And, and you can really see how on some level it's like the narcissist and the codependent. That's the perfect storm. Oh, it is. We see that over and over again. That's why yeah. we're working with the codependent. I don't waste my time with the narcissist of this world, Debbie. I don't even bother. 
Yeah. Once I know I've got one, I'm not going to work with him. I'll say, yeah, I got somebody else that has the patience of Job. You can work with him for two years if you want. I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm going to work with your wife. Now, what he doesn't know is he thinks that's all her fault anyway. I'm going to work with the wife to get her strong enough so she can leave him. He will yeah. hate my guts, but I don't care. It's not, not important to me. Yeah. And, you know, this is something that stood out to me because I see this a lot. And it was uh, chapter 11, because I need the abuser's financial support and can't make it on my own. Let's talk about that. Yeah, that's a big one. The money piece is critically important. These losers control the money supply. I don't care if you work, your your money is their money and their money is their money. So Mm -hmm. they control that. They want to keep you down or you just want to be a mom. And you want to raise the kids and there's no more important job than that, but you don't have any income. And so I've got to get these ladies into the mindset. You're going to start now the money. You're going to see an attorney. It's all secret. You're going to get a job. You're going to get training. This is still America. You can, you can build your life. He might try to thwart you, but legally he can't do that. So it's a secret plan, but you might have to get some training. And the fact is, if you've been married for 10 years, 14 years, depends on the state, the attorney will tell you, uh, yeah, his money is your money. You're going to get half of that. You got to file, and you and you 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 will get the money that way. So they have to have. They think I I could never make it. Well, yeah, not right now, not today. Two months from now, three months, six months. Yeah, let's get you strong enough. And and they, these are bright ladies. They have so much potential. You talk about this in your in your talks and your your work. You these these women are brilliant. They can do it. Yeah. They just don't believe they can do it. Well, and then that's what I was going to mention too. Even even though the path may not be clear, what I see is the biggest obstacle is their own uh, belief that they can't because they they believed what this person was saying, thinking that they're not worthy, not deserving, can't do this, can't do that. Once you believe it, you know, how, how is that for going out and, and starting a new career? Not very helpful. So give us an example. I would love it if you shared a story of, of you know, someone that you've worked with who absolutely did not believe that they could just even get their own finances together. And then so that they, they came to you, I can't leave. He runs everything with the money. I have nothing. I'm worth nothing. I can't do anything and came to you. And then what happened? I'm thinking of a lady early thirties, four kids, massive codependent, just one of these sweethearts of the rodeo. Mm -hmm. And uh, just put up with this guy, drug abuser, alcoholic, womanizer. I, me, always sorry afterwards. I won't do that again. Kept doing it. He was just being shredded. He was also turning the kids against him, which is exactly what they'll do. Oh, she comes in. I said, look, you, I had to read enough is enough. Well, I can't possibly do that. Dr. Clark, you're out of your mind. I'm going to have to stay. I said, no, no. If you stay, your kids are destroyed. Your little girls will date and marry abusers. Your little boys will become abusers and they'll turn on you. They'll have no respect for you. Your health will break down. Your emotion, you're already being shredded. I got her attention, but again, I said, look, we're not doing this today, but we spent three or four months working hard on her codependency. This won't surprise you, but she was from a home where her dad abused her mom. Treated her like garbage and she was just, it was still familiar to her. And she wasn't built up. And this guy downed her all the time. This was a beautiful woman, physically, emotionally. She was, of course, a mess. But intellectually, she was she was smart. I said, you can so do it. Mm-hmm. Now, she made the choice. She got the, I, had, I, know the, I know everybody. I've been around for 35 years. I know everybody in Tampa Bay. So I got to write attorney. And she was able to kick him out of the house. She kept the house. The, the divorce was a nightmare because the, these dirtballs make it awful. But she was, she, we got her strong enough. She could make it. 
She's divorced now. She's got most of the custody of the kids. He's moved on with Bambi or some other chick, some skank. They're everywhere. He's spending less time with the kids because he doesn't care about the kids. Right. Uh, I think it's 60, 40, but she's getting like 80, 20 because he Mm -hmm. doesn't care. Yeah. He's got a better offer and she's not working yet. Now she's got some ideas regarding career in a few years, but this guy makes enough money. She got a good settlement. So that's, that's a win. Yeah. It was very hard for her. But of course we had to do the work on her family, had to do work on the wounds of, of what this guy had done to her. And of course, all the thoughts in her head, but she got through, she's happier now than she's been for years. And it's so true what you're saying, because we, we, let's say, come from a certain set of beliefs and experiences and, and we move into relationships that are similar, not because they're good, because they're so familiar. We're like, oh, I know how to do this. I know how this works. I know my role here. Right. I tell these ladies, you couldn't have choos- chosen a good guy to save your life. Don't feel bad about that. God's even OK with that. You've made, you've made a good effort here. Now we know what you've got. Get out. And, you know, Dave, I want I want to dive into that a bit, because I know just from the work that I've done that a lot of times religion and, and, and this could be many religions, a lot of religions really have a hard time with divorce and separation and things like that. Can you shed just some light on those who that's the religion they practice and and they want to feel OK about leaving an abusive relationship? It's a good point, Debbie. This is almost across the board, in my experience, in the spiritual realm denomination, your faith doesn't really make any difference. I've had priests do a disastrous job. I'm a Protestant. 80% of churches get it wrong. If you, if you're, if you're Muslim, okay, now you're in real trouble because the man reigns supreme. Okay. But wherever the religion is, the leaders often don't get it. And the woman's the one that gets it in the neck. Well, you made your bed, you married the guy you're going to have to stay with. And they value the marriage over the person. Mm -hmm. They don't care if you're destroyed. Uh, you'll be like I said before. You'll be for you'll be told to submit, keep loving him, and he'll change. That doesn't work. That's codependency. He's not changing no matter what you do. So it goes on and on. So you have to. Well, we look at that. Of course, I follow the Bible. The Bible doesn't teach that. God is angry. In fact, loathes men that treat their wives or their women like this. He wants you to get out. He, there's provision in the Bible. There are exceptions, and and, and this is certainly one of them. But I have to re-educate them because, and I'm a Christian, I went to seminary for heaven's sake, and so I've got a little firepower there. But they've got these things ingrained in their head. They think that's what the Bible says. It doesn't say that. Mm-hmm. Submit to a guy who's destroying you. Yeah. So that takes a while to kind of groove the new way of thinking. Uh, because I even remember in my study where people were leaving, a lot of the women in my study actually left their religion because they felt their religion wasn't supporting them. But this is what was so interesting. They moved, either they left religion and just became spiritual, or they went to the spiritual side of the religion, not the rules, more the spirituality of it. And that seemed to give them that grounding and that support that they didn't feel like they were getting. Yeah, I've seen that too. And the way I say it is, it's a rel- I have a personal relationship with God. It is not a set of rules. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of freedom. I mean, I want to do things his way, but I've seen the same thing. And I'll say, I say to many ladies, leave your church. This pastor's mm-hmm. not supportive. He, he doesn't care if you die. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not going to help you. So you, usually in any community, you're going to find a pastor and his wife or some spiritual people who get it mm-hmm. and who understand it and will support you and do everything it takes to get you away from the abuser. They're out there. You just got to find them. And if you're in a church where you don't have that, once you leave the guy, yeah, you get out. And I hope, 
our viewers and listeners are really hearing that because that's something that I do. I have not heard said by uh, about you know about religion. So it's it's very freeing and liberating for someone who wants to do the right thing by their religion, yet they're in an abusive relationship. So. It's a, it's a rare message. I'm not too popular in many Christian circles. I don't care. I believe, I know what the Bible says. And, and the God that I know and love and is talked about in the Bible would never tolerate this kind of abusive treatment. It's the last thing he would want. Right, right. So yeah, we, we, we they get, the, the lady I'm talking about has found a new church with very supportive people and it's and a pastor that gets it and it's a breath of fresh air for her. And the support I want to share with everybody, the support is crucial. You know, you don't want to, you need support at this time. Think about it. This was, this was such a crazy situation. And what's probably crazier is on the outside, this person looked wonderful. Everybody would think, oh, what a great person. And only on the inside, do you see the truth? So having the support of other people is is so important, is so important. So you had another chapter that absolutely uh, I see all the time because I think he is sincere about healing himself and the marriage. Yeah. Let's talk about oh, that one. Yeah, these guys lie. They can fool lie detectors. That's mm -hmm. why I don't even recommend them even taking a lie detector. They'll beat the machine. They believe their own lies. They're very smooth. They're very sincere. They will do this 150 times to you over the course of your marriage or a thousand times. Mm -hmm. Sorry for that. Were mistakes made? Yes, I'll get better. He's just, he doesn't want to be divorced from you because you're convenient. You do a lot of things for him. It'll cost him money. You know, what, he doesn't care about you, but he cares about what you give him. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, he'll equal he drip sincerity. And it's like Charlie Brown and kicking the dumb football that Lucy's holding. And she pulls it away every single time. He will jerk the ball away every time. And I say, ma'am, you have to clue in here. He's never changing. Yes. He'll say he will. And these guys are smart enough. I'll go to marriage counseling and just check the box. I'll, I'll go to that marriage seminar with that Clark guy and check the box. Mm -hmm. And that's part of this narrative then. Look at all these things I've done. Never good enough for you. Well, you haven't changed. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's bogus. You have to realize he has no intention of changing. He's, but they'll... They're great salesmen. Oh, my goodness. They will sell you. And, of course, the woman wants to hear that. Well, of course, because then it doesn't shake up things in her world any more than it's already been shaken up. So talk to the talk to the woman. And, and, and to be fair, we have men and women within the PBT Institute and oh, men yeah. get abused as well. But sure. I guess we're just seeing for our sake, it just seems more common that it's women. But I just want to be clear. Men definitely get abused as well. But let's say for our sake, talk to the woman who is recognizing, wow, this is the kind of relationship I'm in. This has been abuse and nothing but abuse since the beginning. What does she do? Help us I with her. Start, a couple of things. I would start with the 20 lies book because that's why I wrote it. Start mm -hmm. with that process of looking at the lies and how you were raised and the wounds and get a picture. And in that book, as you know, David, there are small little steps you can begin to take, small but significant steps in the chapters to start getting assertive, start getting healthy, start getting your voice back. So that's a great place to start. If you can afford it, and of course your husband can pay for it, he thinks you're the crazy nutty one anyway. So you'll say, look, I need, to, I need to see a counselor. And maybe he'll go for that because he'll say, it's not about you. I want to be a better wife. Tell him anything. Who cares? You, and you, But you find a therapist who will, like me, frankly, or like you, or someone that gets it, who will help you get healthy. Matter of fact, the things that you do would be a great start. Trauma, wounds. Let's start with that. Let's get healthy because that's going to hold them back. 
They literally can't leave without that. So do that work. And then you don't say anything to him about that. I'm getting better. I'm getting stronger. I think I'll be a better wife. And then as you get stronger, then you can affect the escape plan in enough is enough. Yeah. And that's it. You know, it's, it's, you can see how telling this person I'm getting better. I'm getting stronger is only a threat. Right. I can see how you absolutely wouldn't want to do it. Let's go, let's go to the kids now. When we, when we sort of unravel all this and realize what we've been living with and tolerating and teaching our kids, how do you deal with the kids? What do we do? There has to be a whole adjustment and it's not overnight, but there's a gradual because you, you've lost their respect. They're going to side with the abuser against you. He's spent months and years poisoning them against you. So what I begin to recommend is when he, and this, they have to get strong enough to do this. You start debriefing with the kids. You want them to know the truth about their dad, that the dad is the abusive one. It's never done publicly, but it's private. Mm-hmm. You know, the incident earlier today, Johnny, when, when dad was so angry and he called me those terrible names, I want you to know that's wrong. That mm-hmm. was hurtful. That, that, is, that is not the way that a man needs to act. Uh, if he does it publicly, and he'll do it often in front of the kids, and I have the lady, it's only a one-way thing. You don't get into a dialogue, but in front of the kid, she has to say something. Even if it's one word, mm-hmm. really? No, wrong. You know, just something that would indicate I, this is not correct because the kids are, they have ringside seats. If you say nothing, then they believe it's true. Right. And you need to be, you deserve to be treated this way. So there's small things of pushing back. Now the guy, the abuser won't like that, mm-hmm. obviously, but mm-hmm. you've got to start shoring up respect and getting the kids ready to leave. And again, there's debriefing later, even after all those, that even if you speak up in front of them, uh, you will later on say, this is why I did, that's why mommy said that. Mm-hmm. And so now we have a point counterpoint. You don't protect the kids by telling them nothing. You'll lose them. I've yeah. talked to so many ladies in their 60s and 70s who as adult children hate their guts and, and they can't see the grandkids. And the abuser, they may be divorced now, the abuser's spending time with them. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Right. Let's don't right. go there. Let's catch this before that. Well, and, and you know what? That Unfortunately, that's a really powerful picture because anybody going through there right now, again, who's watching and listening, just tolerating, excuse me, tolerating and not saying anything. I want you to picture your future, picture your future. And maybe you're not at the point where you have the grandkids, but imagine you do. And imagine you don't get a chance to see them and spend time with them. And listen, I don't have grandkids yet, but I heard there's nothing better, but you you know, not having an opportunity to spend time with them because the abuser is because you didn't speak up. Wow. Far from protecting them. Of course, you end up affecting their lives and you lose them. I've seen that a million times. And that's a good selling point for these ladies because moms love their kids. It's instinctual. I would do anything for my kids. I'll say, look, okay, don't leave for yourself, but do it for your kids. Yeah. Along the way, she'll get it. But that can be a strong leverage point. I'm not, I'm not embarrassed to use it. Save your kids from this monster. And they're watching too. The kids are absolutely watching. Dave, what do you want to make sure everyone knows as we wrap up? There's a way out. There was absolutely a way out. It is not hopeless. In fact, there's all kinds of hope. If you lived in the Middle East, okay, you might have a real problem. You live in America. There's a way out. With the right steps and the right programs and with God's help and the support team, yes, you can build a new life without this guy. You absolutely can. And protect your relationship with your kids. You're you're going to make it. It's a matter of time, effort. Uh, But yeah, you're going to make it out if you want to. 
And, and I just, you know, and to be clear, you're not saying it's easy, but it, but it is something that when you're deliberate and intentional and you see it first, because awareness is the first step, you can absolutely take steps to, uh, to just sort of un- unravel everything, extract yourself from this crazy web you've been in and start to heal. Dave, where do we go to learn more about you and the great work you do? The website's got everything. David, very simple, David E. Clark, Clark with an E on the end, David E. Clark, PhD.com, all my stuff is there. Okay. I want to thank you so much for your time, for your attention. There are, uh, I, I, I have a feeling more people than both of us know who are going through this. And this may be just the nudge they need to do something uh, for themselves and, and for their, you know, for their kids and future generations as well. Boy, I hope so. And Debbie, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate your work very much. Although it may be hard to hear, it's so true. Words are one thing, but action is another. Stay in touch with Dave by going to daviteclark.com and we'll have all of his information in the show notes at the pbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. If you're hearing how sorry someone is, how they'll change, Only when you keep reminding them of the hurt they've caused, realize that those words are only being said to get you to back down. If they really had the intention to change, they would. These people are great salesmen, often very charismatic, and know exactly what to say and do to keep you off kilter. Unfortunately, it's chipping away at your health, confidence, and sanity. In the meantime, it's also sending a powerful message to your kids that's hard to undo later. And for those of you struggling with leaving an abuser with regard to your religion, I hope you heard what you needed to in order to know that your safety and sanity come first. Now, all of this craziness definitely can leave you with lots to heal from, and we've got you. Head on over to thepbtinstitute.com and check out all of our resources, all designed to help you heal. Whether it's one of my books, our supplement line specific to the symptoms of betrayal, our programs, support, and community, we have everything you need to help you heal once and for all. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you next time, and here's to your breakthrough.